There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting in to my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I can play football. coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. heard that sound and when you hear that sound that means it's the standard is the standard the behind the steel curtain.com flagship podcast i'm editor jeff hartman and my co-host out on the west coast lance williams how's it going lance how you been i am doing fantastic it's great to be back in the saddle so to speak and talk about some steelers football i am sorry listeners that we have not done a show i believe jeff since the afc championship but Given the Steelers' performance in that game, I'm probably just now getting over it. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. Um, but we took some time. Uh, we I think we both individually needed some time. That was a long season last year. We went from training camp until the end. And uh, it wears on you. Just like the players do, people to cover the team, it wears on them as well. We have a lot to talk about. Training camp kicks off. Technically, it's Friday, but the players report tomorrow, Thursday. We've got plenty of lady on Bell Talk. We've got Antonio Brown. We've got a whole slew of things. And, Lance, I'm going to throw it over to you. You're going to be the head honcho this year. You're going to run the show. So, my friend, have at it. Before we jump into the topic that we're going to discuss in the program, we have to give a brief moment of silence to the memory of Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney passed in the period of time in between our last show and this show. So, Jeff, let's just take a 10-second count, sort of like they do in boxing for great champions, to just remember the great man, Dan Rooney. Dan Rooney was an awesome owner, and that's just the little bit that we can do to show our appreciation to Dan Rooney and the Rooney family, and me in particular, 
the Roonies also being North Siders like myself, there, there's a special connection there. But, Jeff, let's jump right into it. Training camp is coming up this week, and I wanted to piggyback on an article written by Ed Duchette from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he came out with five training camp questions. And I wanted to tailor the show around those five questions so we can give the fans and the listeners of the show our perspective on those questions. So let me just jump right into it, Jeff. Here's the first question. Will Le'Veon Bell report Thursday, and if not, when? Uh, yeah, I think this is rightfully so the first question that's asked. Uh, I've done several radio spots this past week or so, and they've all asked the same question. Is he going to report? My answer is no. Um, if you have Snapchat, there's a little bit of inside information there, but also um, I just don't think that he will. Now, talking about the Snapchat stuff, Antonio Brown has been really, really volleying hard to get his friend and running back to camp on time. Uh, he wouldn't be doing that if Bell was planning on showing up unless they have this deal where they're kind of trying to mess with people. Uh, but off the top of the lady on Bell was training this morning that didn't say where, but it is 92 degrees. And that's not really Pittsburgh weather right now. I don't think he's in Pittsburgh, although he could be somewhere like California and fly in. Most players, especially due to their Twitter accounts, were already on their way to Pittsburgh. I don't think he reports. When does he report? In my opinion, Lance, I think he reports when camp breaks. I think that he'll sit out the entire training camp. He's going to miss, let's see here, let me look at the schedule quickly. He would miss the first preseason game against the Giants. He would miss the second preseason game against Atlanta, but he would be back for the third preseason game because that's when the players break camp, head back to Pittsburgh to the Southside facility. And I think that's a very, um, it's a very calculated move because he would then have less exposure. The fans wouldn't be around him all the time. The media wouldn't have as much exposure. That's my prediction. What's yours? I would love to be controversial, but I agree. And the reason why he won't report is he just doesn't want to risk getting hurt. There's no need to risk getting hurt in practice, risk getting hurt in a meaningless preseason game. I don't know how much he would play in a preseason anyway. And because he's not under contract officially because he hasn't signed the tag, he doesn't have to report, and he's not going to get fined. So there isn't any incentive for him to report. But for me, I think the thing that disturbs me the most, and it's not Bell not reporting because I think that's the smart business move. Keep the hits off your body. I agree with your timeline. He'll come back when camp breaks, and he'll play out the season. I think it's a huge risk, and we'll talk about that. It's Antonio Brown's response and any other player's response. There's a saying, and I'm sure you heard it, Jeff, and listeners, I'm sure you've heard it too. Stay out of grown folks' business, meaning get out of Le'Veon Bell's pocketbook. Let that man do what's best for him and his career. He's going to eventually be there yourself you know, in terms of what he wants to do with his money, his career, his contract, that's between him and the organization. Just say something to the fact of handle your business. We'll see you when you get here. Let's ride out. There's no need to put pressure on the guy, and I hate when guys do that. 
you know, nobody puts pressure on owners, sign a guy, give them everything you want. I mean, it doesn't happen that way. So leave the player alone, let them work this out, and he will be there when he gets there. But let me ask you, Jeff, this other side question in, in regards to Le'Veon Bell before we jump to the next question. Given the reports on the deal, $30 million guaranteed over the first two, I believe $42 million over the first three years in guarantees, structured probably in a way where he essentially have to fail another drug test to not the money. And that was an issue, I'm sure, that came up in the negotiation and his injury history. Do you think Le'Veon is – I mean, how, how do you think this conversation is going? Do you think his agent is telling him not to sign it? Do you think this whole construct of I'm the number two receiver and the running back, I mean, where is all this coming from? Do you think this is just all driven by Le'Veon Bell? Because the contract that the Steelers offered, I think, is was a great one you know, in knowing some of the details that were presented. And I'm typically a pro player guy always. Where do you think some of this is coming from? Well, I agree with you. I never thought the Steelers was offering that much money a year on average that they did. Um, compared to the fact that the highest-paid running back that's not that that contract is more than one year is Lashawn McCoy, who's making eight million. Now, granted, Le'Veon will make twelve million this year, a little bit north of twelve million. I could not believe that they were average. They were giving him almost an average of fourteen million a year, and I, I was stunned that he turned it down. Um, I'm, the, the guaranteed money was a big gray area that I read that from the what was released, which I guarantee was released by the Steelers. They know what they're doing. They want to paint a good picture Absolutely. for the organization. They knew what they were doing when they released that. I think it was the Tom Peluso for the NFL Network. But with that said, Le'Veon Bell and his agent. Now, I give credit to Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post because he's the one that drew this conclusion. I can't take credit for it myself. His agent, Le'Veon Bell's agent, is the same agent of Matt Forte. And when Matt Forte got that gigantic deal from the Bears, it was a similar situation. He was, I think Matt Forte, in my opinion, is that as close to a running back of what Le'Veon Bell can do in terms of he can run the football well and he can really, really be a threat in the passing game. And he got his client cashed in big time right at the deadline. And I think if I'm, if I'm a betting man, his agent – Le'Veon Bell's agent said, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to go in on the very last day. We're going to tell them exactly what we want. And if we don't get it, you know, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play with the franchise tag. I'm shocked, though, that they turn this down. Uh, and I'm with you normally. I, I think players, especially in the NFL, where contracts are not guaranteed, they need to get what they can when they can because you never know when an injury happens. The next thing you know, you're, you're done. Uh, and they can just cut you, they give you the dead money, and they, they've washed their hands of you, so to speak. But I wrote an article for the website that said, I don't think this is a bad deal for either the Steelers or Bell. The franchise tag is going to be like a show-me year. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay clean? Is he still going to be able to perform at a high level? Can he play 16 games for the first time in his NFL career? And at the same time, Bell wants to be paid as a top receiver. He wants to be paid as the best running back in the league. Well, you go out and prove it. Go out and put up a, a thousand yards rushing, a thousand yards receiving. You'll get your payday. It might not be in Pittsburgh, but you'll get your payday. So I don't think that this was a bad deal for anyone. I think fans are really overreacting to this news. He's going to sign the con. He's going to sign the tender. The Steelers are not going to pull a Josh Norman and release him. He'll be in. He'll, he'll be there 
It probably won't be Thursday, but he'll be there. What do you think? To that point, I can't imagine if he does all that, how much more they're going to offer him in terms of averages on the contract. I mean, what does he want, $17 million per on average in a running back contract? I mean, I don't understand because the averages were astronomical compared to what the current running back market was. I mean, even if he does all this, I don't understand what the next contract is going to look like, how much they're going to possibly offer him, so it's going to be interesting. But since we're talking about contracts, let me ask this next question that Ed Bouchet put out there to you, Jeff. Will Alejandro Villanueva report Thursday it is not when? I think he does report. I just think it's because it's who he is. Um, he's a military guy. Um, and I, I, he, I guarantee his agent said, look, man, don't go to the off-season workouts. Don't show up to OTAs. Don't show up to mandatory minicamp. You haven't signed your tender just like Bell has, and he wouldn't be fined at all. And yet, what did he do? He didn't miss one. He showed up. He worked out. He is, and I hate to say this, he's a good soldier, figuratively and literally. It's one of the few times you can use that phrase and be, be both figurative and literal. Um, I think he's going to show up, and I think the Steelers are going to recognize that, and they're going to give him a deal. I think they're going to get a deal done. But this is a contract that, for me, Le'Veon Bell was intriguing, but you knew he was asking for the moon. Villanueva I'm curious to see what they kind of give this guy. You have a feeling they're going to get a deal done, especially since Bell's contract was not figured out in time. I'm just curious to see what they offer him and what they offer Stefan to it. I think both are going to try to be addressed this preseason before the regular season starts. Villanueva should be first. That dude's set to make $670,000 this year if he signs his tender. Think about that. A starting left tackle, second year in a row, for the Pittsburgh Steelers protecting Ben Roethlisberger's blind side, and you're going to make $670,000 for one year of work. Le'Veon Bell, $12 million in, the, in a season. He's going to be making more in a game check than Villanueva will be for an entire season. They've got to address it. I want to know how many years. I wouldn't give him any more than three. Uh, what do you think, Lance? Does he show up on Thursday, or does he hold out? I think it's bad business for him to show up because what's going to happen and, you know, everybody talks about organizations being loyal and so on and so forth. And, of course, some organizations are better than others. Obviously, the Steelers are better than the Cowboys who lied about uh, Lucky Whitehead. Uh, but if he gets hurt, best believe they're going to use that as leverage in their negotiations. I mean, that's the thing that you always have to keep in mind is you lose so much leverage if you get injured. I think they're going to get a deal done. If he does not report, they will not do a deal. We all know that with the Steelers. If you don't come to work, they're not going to spend time working on your deal and negotiating with you. So if he wants to get a deal, he will come in, he will report the work, he will do what is asked, He's just going to take an incredible risk like Le'Veon Bell is taking a risk playing with the franchise tag because best believe if he gets hurt, they are absolutely going to use that in their negotiations against him. The contract is going to be interesting. I don't think he's an elite player by any means. Um, I think he it is helped by the fact that he plays with four other really good guys. That entire unit grades out very well. 
in terms of pro football focus. I think he's the middle of the road left tackle. I think it will be a five-year deal just because, for the most part, five-year deals are what it is. You only play probably three of those, and if they want to get rid of you, that's a three-year contract. They spread whatever they give you in terms of signing bonus or any guarantees over five years to minimize cap it. So it'll be a five-year deal. I think they'll get that deal done, and I think they'll get the Stephon Tuitt deal done. But it's really weird. Players have very little leverage, and one of the things that they can do is leverage their health in terms of their negotiation with the club by saying, I've been healthy, I've never gotten hurt. Best believe if he gets hurt, they're going to use that against him. Let's jump to the first question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me give you a prediction. Let me give you a prediction. If Villanueva shows up tomorrow, which is Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this episode, if Villanueva shows up on Thursday, they will have a deal done within the first 48 hours. I guarantee I, I you his agent I, I guarantee his agent is saying, My guy'll show up, but we're getting a deal done. He'll do the conditioning test and then we're gonna get a deal done before that first practice. And so if it doesn't happen that way, I would be stunned. That would take the injury equation out of it. He would have a contract before they get into practice, he'd have that security, and then they can focus on Stefan to it for hopefully before week one. That's going to be one that's going to probably take a little bit longer depending on what they signed going away before and how much space they have left. But I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That's a great point. If he does report, there is a deal in the works. The other thing would be to look for would be if he doesn't participate in anything contact, quarterback jersey on. That's the other thing to look at. If if he has that on for the first couple of days, that means they're trying to finalize the contact the contract because the agent has done exactly what you said, talked to the Steelers and said, look, we'll report. You can't put him in any harm's way. We're not lifting. We're not doing anything. We'll do the conditioning test. Sign my client. And so if we, yeah. if he reports, he will have a deal done. I think that's a great point, Jeff. The other questions, uh, the other couple questions uh, that Ed Bouchette asked, one was the search for Antonio Brown's compliment. And, Jeff, why don't you expand on – the injury situation with Sammy Coates? Well, the wide receiver race is going to be really interesting to watch. It was going to be interesting before Coates is reported. And I'll put a little personal story. I'm, I'm playing in, a, in an adult softball league doubleheader last night, uh, which is, I'm sorry, Tuesday night. And I get a notification from my phone. I got a couple people texting me that, for behind the steel curtain saying, Sammy Coates had that his knee scoped. He's going to miss a significant portion of camp. Now, once I heard that, I did a little bit more digging, and I saw that all of a sudden that meant maybe he's going to miss a couple weeks. He could miss a month. Who knows? Who knows? But with the receivers that they have, let me just rattle off the names here for you, okay? Here's the receivers that they have that are vying for, let's be honest, in my opinion, I'll ask you this, Lance. In my opinion, the following receivers are locks to make the roster. Okay, Antonio Brown, obviously, Martavis Bryant, clearly, Check. Eli Rogers, Check. and Juju Smith-Schuster. Smith Second round picks are not going to cut him. So those four guys. Now, my next question, Lance, is how many receivers do you think they keep, six or seven? Six at most? You, know, you keep an uh, yeah, extra I'd guy for – you keep an extra guy for special teams, I mean, at most. I mean, they don't play a ton of five wide receivers, but you have five to have right. them. Um, exactly. Six at most. So, that's what I would say, six. And if you keep a seven, it's as a strict return man, something like that. So now you have 
Darius Hayward Bay, Justin Hunter, the free agent acquisition for the Bills, and he played for the Titans prior to that. Sammy Coates, injured. Demarcus Ayers, potential return guy, keep that in mind. Kanan Severin, who's probably a practice squad candidate, and Kobe Hamilton. That's combat catch Kobe. So in my opinion, just do a real quick rundown of this camp battle. I think Kobe Hamilton's gone. He just doesn't make enough plays. He's not fast enough. He's just, unless there's someone injured, he's, other than Sammy Coates, he's, he's gone. Severin to the practice squad. They like his size. They like his speed, but he's not ready yet. So that leaves Darius Hayward Bay, Justin Hunter, Demarcus Ayers, and Sammy Coates vying for two potential spots. Who do you think makes that? Um, I think Sammy Coates may somehow find his situation is very similar to Samson. Uh, he might get the scissors. His hair might get cut. And he really? may lose his strip. Um, I think it's going to be tough. He's going to be in for a battle. Let's just say this. What is the old adage in the NFL? Uh, you can't make the club in the club. You can't make the club from the top. Uh, he uh, he better find some Tiger Bomb that can, that can repair a knee, some aspirin or something yeah. because, uh, you know, I love his explosiveness. I mean, what he was doing early in the season last year before he broke like 78 fingers um, was definitely outstanding. He's under pressure. His spot is under pressure. Even if he makes it, how many snaps will he play on offense? Because you know Bryant, Brown, Rodgers, and probably Schuster is going to play. Schuster is a very good player. Schuster is going to be a guy, I predict, that will be able to come in and make a contribution similar to how Mike Wallace was able to do immediately. Not saying he's the same type of player as Wallace, but as you guys very well remember, Wallace making big catches on a Thursday night game against Tennessee in his rookie year. I think Schuster will be that type of guy. So I think it's going to be very tough for Sammy Coach. You got anything else you want to add? I mean, I know we kind of went away from the original question, but Justin Hunter can do everything that Coach does. He's big, he's tall, he can run, he can jump, he has inconsistent hands. He can do everything that he does. And I know Coates played special teams last year, but so did Darius Hayward Day. In my opinion, if Sandy Coates does make the team, he's not vying for playing time. He's vying for a helmet on game day, you know. He's basically that guy that, okay, Coates is another inactive because there's no need to have him play. Because if they go four wide, like you said, they're going to have Brown, Bryant, Rodgers, and Juju Smith-Schuster nine out of ten times. And, like, and, and, and if you're, you want a fifth wide receiver, who are you putting out there? Le'Veon Bell. That's exactly what you're doing. So um, it, it, it's, it is interesting. It's going to be a fun camp out of the watch. And I, I talked about this at a podcast for another site. It's, it's just a depth battle, though. The, the, you're not talking about a camp battle for a top wide receiver. So this is all about depth, uh, and so are all the other camp battles. That means that the Steelers roster is pretty freaking good. So um, that's what I think. But I think you talked about Antonio Brown, didn't you? Wasn't that the original question? Yeah, who was going to be, who was going to step up this year as a compliment? I think we kind of touched upon that. I think we both pretty much think it'll be Martavis Bryant if he can stay healthy. There's a question I want to ask you about Martavis before we end the program. So let's jump to the secondary. I think we're going to synthesize these te- last two questions. His question was, as always, cornerback is in flux. 
and the secondary is only as good as and the cornerback position. I mean, what's your thought on the cornerback position? I mean, I've seen the pro football focus articles where they graded like 12 maybe, almost top 10 as a secondary. When you look at the roster and you look at the secondary, I mean, Ross Cockrell, Cocky, Cody Sensabaugh, Cam Sutton, Willie Gay, Artie Burns, Sinquez Golson, Brian Allen. I mean, I like Artie Burns. I think one of the things where I did my seasonal rewatch was as he played better, they started to play better as a defense overall. I think Ross Cockrell is underappreciated. I think he's a solid corner. Uh, nobody offered him a tender. Uh, what's your thought on their secondary? I mean, are we going to see it take a leap this year? I'm not suggesting a top five unit, anything like that, but are we going to start seeing them make some more plays because they started to talk about the need to start playing man after getting picked apart by Brady and the Patriots? And what's your overall thought about this cornerback group going into training camp? Well, the cornerback group is I I think it's a it's a more interesting, it's a more intriguing training camp battle than the wide receivers. Uh there's just less of them. Let's talk about locks. Artie Burns, Ross Cockrell, and I'd say William Gay is a lock too, because William Gay is still an inside outside guy. He can play slot, can play outside if necessary. You're not gonna get rid of that veteran leader when you don't have to. So you have Cam Sutton who's gonna make the team, third round draft pick. It comes down to Golson and Sensabaugh. Okay, if you're gonna keep five defensive backs Who's going to make the team? The veteran sent the ball with experience or Golson, who's never even played a preseason snap, let alone an NFL regular season snap. That's the battle to watch, Golson versus sent the ball. But here's the thing for me. I think they're going to be a lot better this year, and it has nothing to do with the secondary. I think that the pass rush is going to be better. I think you're going to have people like, uh, you know, Cam Hayward's back. Bud Dupree, if he can even pick up where he left off, is going to be a force, and T.J. Watt, it's going to allow James Harrison to be kind of a pass rushing, rushing specialist, I think, because he's really good in coverage. Um, I think they're going to get after the quarterback more. I don't think the man-zone schemes matter as much unless you're playing the Patriots, so they're going to have to have that worked out prior to. But I think they're going to be better. Burns is only going to get better. Cockle, like you said, solid. I, I've heard nothing but good things about Sutton uh, and his ability. So uh, I think they're going to be good. I, I don't, let me rephrase that. I think they're going to be better. I'm not going to put that label of good on them just yet. Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on the secondary? Well, I want to go back to your point about uh, Cam Sutton. I think the competition is probably going to be between Cam Sutton and Sinclair Golson. If you keep a guy around that long and Golson has been that injured, he's an unknown, and so is Cam Sutton. So I think it will be the battle of the unknowns. I think Cody Sensabaugh, Cockrell, and Gay – are probably the locks. You want that free. You want that veteran guy that you brought in in free agency, Cockrell and Gay. Guys have actually played snaps. I don't think in, of the five. You may not necessarily want to have three knowns and two unknowns. I mean, you want Burns. You want Cockrell. I mean, you want one unknown maybe in that mix. Maybe not two, and maybe you could. You know, high Cam Sutton on the practice squad. I think the competition is going to be between Cam Sutton and Sinclair Golson. Now, I heard you talk about the pass rush, and we ripped the pass rush for like half the season last year until they broke out and got like eight sacks against Cleveland. 
Are you suggesting T.J. Watt is going to play a ton of snaps this year? I think he's going to play a lot. Go ahead, go ahead. And be significant in the pass rush? Give me a a sack number for T.J. Watt. Sack number? Um, I'll give you the sack number at three and a half. Um, But what I'll say is that he's going to play significant snaps, yes, He's going to be a, a significant member of the pass rush. No, I think they see T.J. Watt as a guy that they can put on the field in obvious and not obvious pass rushing situations in their sub packages. Who is very athletic, has very good ball skills, is really good in coverage. Okay, he's everything that James Harrison struggles with at age 39. And then when they want to pin their ears back and get after the cornerback, all of a sudden I think you see. James Harrison come onto the field. What I would love to be able to see is the Steelers put T.J. Watt next to Ryan Chazier on the inside in their sub packages and maybe uh, move Harrison down on the defensive line. They've done that before. Dupree is the guy, in my opinion. I did an interview with SB Nation Radio last night, and they talked about who's the guy that's going to trigger the defense. In my, I said Bud Dupree, no doubt about it. Because if they can get that pass rush off the left side, it's only going to open up the right side. I think T.J. Watt's sack total for me, I say three and a half. I think he'll get a couple half sacks where he's kind of in on a broken play here or there. He's just not ready, I don't think, yet to beat a starting left tackle in the National Football League. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have attributes that can help the team win, like dropping in coverage, playing in sub packages, covering tight ends. What do you think, Lance? Aloha, I'm Clifford from Yamano Safeway. Can't decide what to eat? Whether it's lunch or dinner, you'll find a perfect meal in the Safeway Deli. Handcrafted sandwiches, fresh sushi prepared by our in-house chefs, signature salads, our famous fried chicken and tenders. Add a side like creamy mashed potatoes or mac and cheese, all fresh and ready to go every day. Stop by this week to get a hot deal on rotisserie chicken, only $5.88 each with in-and coupon. This is Clifford from Manoa Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. So if he's playing in subs, and of course we all know they play a ton of subs in the NFL because teams are going 11 personnel. It's pretty much what the NFL is. At some point, how many snaps do you think he takes away from Vince Williams? And that's one thing we haven't talked about. That wasn't one of the things that Ed brought up in his five points. So is Vince Williams with T.J. Watt on a roster more of a first-down player? Or yeah, is he a I, guy that gets subbed out on, you know, if you go three wide, Vince comes out, T.J. Watt is that guy in the middle with Shazier? Uh, how do you think I, that I, works? I think it could be. I mean, because, honestly, 
what is Vince Williams' major weakness? Coverage. He's a downhill defender. He's a guy that gets after the ball carrier. He's a good tackler. He knows how to fill the holes, all that good stuff, but he struggles in coverage. He is honestly, in my opinion, he is the equivalent of what Lawrence Timmons was last year. He can stop the run. He's vulnerable in coverage. So, yes, I think that if I'm the coach, depending on what the offense throws out there in terms of sub or personnel, like you talked about 11 personnel, or if they change it up, you have different teams that have different philosophies, then T.J. Watt, if he can handle it, and, and you know this team as well as I do, Lance, they never, Mike Tomlin especially, never give rookies credit for anything. If they ask a question about a rookie, Tomlin always says what? Uh, he's a rookie, he's football and shorts, yada, yada, yada. You know all those Tomlinisms. Look back at what he said about T.J. Watt so far. Glowing remarks. Nothing negative. It's amazing. That tells me this guy is, is NFL ready, and that's going to be big for the Steelers. Uh, that's my thoughts. What do you think? You think he takes snaps away from Vince? I think he will probably for the points that you've made. Vince is a downhill guy like you suggested. A little bit better in coverage, I think, than people think. Not great, but he is a guy that can get attacked in the seams if you have a dynamic tight end that you flex out or you go three wide, catch him with three wide. He could be susceptible. And, you know, I just can't imagine him trying to chase Julian Edelman on crossing routes against the Patriots when they play this year if he's on the field. I think what we're alluding to in our conversation as we get ready to wrap up the show, and literally this, Jeff, I think all of the questions, or at least the majority of the questions, are all on the defensive side of the football. Even without Ladarius Green, who may not ever play again, I think they're okay at tight end with Grimble and Jesse James. Plus, you know, with their dynamic weapons, I don't know how many targets tight ends are going to get anyway. Offensively, I don't think they have any questions, to be quite honest. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. I think the red zone is always a question with Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback. It's been an issue his entire career, red zone efficiency. But other than that, their weapons are some of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League. I think all the questions to side of football, the pass rush and the secondary specifically and how that's going to all round out. Is that fair that if the Steelers are going to hoist the Lombardi win that seventh championship, that defense is going to have to steadily improve and get better over the course of time, and it's going to have to be a unit that they can lean on some more than they did in the previous year's campaign. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're talking about tight end depth as your number one concern for the offense, your offense is pretty good. I mean, let's be honest. And, and like you said, they're going to go as Ben Roethlisberger goes on offense. I think he played okay last year. He needs to be better. Uh, this year, but uh, he's more than capable with all his weapons back. But on the defense, I said it last year, I'll say it again, they don't need to have the number one defense in the NFL. Would it be awesome if they did? Yeah, who wouldn't want the number one defense in the National Football League? But if they can get a defense that's even around 10th, okay, so you're talking top third in the league, that's going to be good enough because I think their offense is going to be good enough to get them to the Super Bowl. That's past the Patriots even. That's winning the, the – that, heck, that could be – if you have a – top 10 defense, even if you're in the back end of that top 10, in my opinion, the road to the Super Bowl could come through Heinz Field. But that's just me. Uh, I'm an optimist. You know that. So I don't know what your thoughts are. What do you think? What would the defense have to put up ranking-wise for them to be the, the team from the AFC? 
I'm not even going to say top ten in overall ranking. I'm going to say top seven in turnovers. Yeah, you're going to get turnovers. Where you're a turnover defense, you may not be ranked well, but you're a turnover defense. It is tough to, to depend on turnovers to play good defense. But this is just a team where if you can get that offense extra possessions, you may absolutely blow teams out. So I'm going to concentrate more on their ability to take the ball away and stop the run. Those two things. So if they can do that, I think in the top seven, I think they'll be A-OK. And also a pressure defense, a defense that can get pressure if you're top seven in sacks as well. Those three things, sacks, turnovers, uh, you know, and, and stopping the run, getting yourself in some good pass rush situations where you can absolutely get after the quarterback. We're going to conclude on one last question, listeners, and there's one thing I wanted to pose to you. And I, and I thought it very interesting. Were the comments that Martavis Bryant had pertaining to things that Ben Roethlisberger said and mentioning that they needed to have a heart-to-heart a man-to-man conversation. What, what did you think about him saying that? Well, I think that both of them need to be taken into a room and say, shut up. Just stop talking about it. Look, you don't have to like each other off the field. You don't have to hang out. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's pissed off that Martavis Bryant got suspended for a year. Everyone was because he's that much of a difference maker. But guess what? When Ben Roethlisberger was having his issues early in his career, there was some stuff said about him. So I'm surprised that Ben didn't kind of look back at where he came from in his career and think, okay, veterans kind of called me out, how that make me feel, and then he goes out and does it to Brian. I think they both just need to shut up. Just go play football, you know. Is Brian going to not catch touchdown passes because Ben Roethlisberger said he wants to heart-to-heart? Is Roethlisberger not going to throw Brian to football because Brian, uh, you know, didn't give him the conversation he wanted? And the answer to both of those is no. So, to me, it's a moot point. It's just something that the NFL offseason, they ask these guys a million questions, and, of course, someone's going to slip up and say something stupid, and that's exactly what they say. What do you think? I think it's probably much to do about nothing, but I really did think it was interesting that Ben took that sort of stance, given the fact, uh, you know, we all know the issues that he had and the multiple uh, issues that he had over the last few years. And I thought it was very interesting that he came out so strongly, uh, but yeah, I think it's probably much to do about nothing. I think they will have the conversation. How it's done will be interesting. It'll probably be nothing just on the field, in between drills, whatever. And, and that's the one thing they don't need to be chums or buddies to win the ring. So, but I, but I thought it was pretty interesting that that Ben took that stance. But Jeff. That's all I have. Is there anything that you want to let listeners know about what's going to go on in terms of the coverage of training camp and some different things that you guys have got in store for this week as camp opens? Yeah, but first, before I get to that, know that all our podcasts here behind the steel curtain are sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and Northern West Virginia. Home to one of the nation's top 100-ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker for his Pennsylvania office. You can call 412-212-3878, or you can find more information at his website, frankwalkerlaw.com. Now, as for the behindthesteelcurtain.com website, tomorrow, tomorrow morning we are going to start our training camp confidential. It's kind of my personal baby. It's something I've done the last three years that I've been in charge of the website. 
we are going to have three to four days. It's going to go from Thursday to possibly Sunday of a ton of ton of features, everything from training camp battles to commentary to features to um, updates, live updates from training camp practices from those people that are at Latrobe reporting on the practice. You name it, you're going to have it in this training camp confidential, and it all starts tomorrow morning. So check that out on Thursday, July 27th, depending on when you're listening to this show. It's going to be awesome. Third straight year we're going to do it. And um, we'll be back next Wednesday. We won't have a game, though. We'll be talking about a game the following week as they kick off against the Giants. Lance, anything to add before we call it off? Fall is back. Wow. This year is going (laughs) fast. And and let's hope that the Steelers can't get that seventh for Dan Rooney. That, That would be absolutely awesome if they could hoist that Lombardi for Mr. Rooney because uh, he was a well of a man, well of an owner, and I'm sure that the organization is focused on making that happen. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, until next time, we'll see you. For the Standard Eastern Theater for Lance, I'm Jeff. We'll see you next time. Bye. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.